the overwhelming majority of your time immersed in an environment that's training you how to think a certain way and feel a certain way and behave a certain way, which obviously is going to be completely contradictory to our morals and our ethics and values and things like that. And that lack of priorities is going to translate to the rest of your life. Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to another episode of the Prophetic Mentality Podcast. For today's podcast, we have Southern California's Sheikh Farhan Zuberi. A little bit about Sheikh Farhan. He studied abroad in Pakistan where he memorized the Quran in Jamia Binoria and gained his Shahadatul Alamiya from Darul Uloom Karachi. The English equivalent of this being a Master's of Arts in Arabic and Islamic Studies. During his time there, he obtained numerous licenses in the various Islamic sciences, specifically in the six authentic books of Hadith. Sheikh Farhan is currently the religious leader and imam at Darul Falah in Tustin, California, and the dean of the Institute of Knowledge Seminary, or IOK Seminary, in Diamond Bar, California. As always, links to the socials and about pages are located below and in the podcast description. At the time of recording this episode, there was a recent conference that took place in Southern California put on by IOK, and Sheikh Farhan led a seminar on the crisis of knowledge in our community. We brought Sheikh Farhan on to discuss the topic of his lecture and further expound on some of his key points. I learned a lot recording this episode, so I hope you find it informative as well. And with that, I will end it here and we'll start the episode. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to another episode of the Prophetic Mentality Podcast. Today we're joined by our, um, by our guest, Sheikh Farhan Zuberi. Waalaikumsalam warahmatullah. Thank you for having me on. Alhamdulillah, thank you for joining us. Um, so, Sheikh, you are part of uh, IOK, Institute of Knowledge here in SoCal. Um, and you, you guys just had a conference, mm -hmm. a big conference, actually. You had a lot of big names come down here. And one of the topics that you uh, you discussed was the the crisis of knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't there, Munir was there. But I'm hoping you can expound a little bit on... Um, the topics that you discussed and uh, yeah, yeah so let's for get sure. to it. Um, <coughs> so I guess like after having come back in 2011 and kind of just being thrown right into the community. So where were you before 2011? Uh, I was studying in Pakistan. In Pakistan. So I was there for about five years. Okay. And I had come back just freshly graduated. Um, I got thrown right into the to the masjid community. Okay. And I was also teaching right away. Okay. And just based off of my interaction with people, um, it became very very apparent that the level of literacy in the Muslim community was was not too great. Um, and and even recently, more recently, just just noticing how people um, consume information and how they're exposed to certain things and their viewpoints on certain things shows that. There's like a complete lack of understanding of Islam holistically. And I would also argue that there's a lot of ignorance. Right? When you say literacy, you mean like people can't read? Uh, no, what do you mean exactly? Liter literacy in terms of like understanding what Islam actually is. Got it. All right. So for a lot of people, I think that are, are, are born or brought up here, mm -hmm. especially from the Desi community, I would argue. Um, Arab community too, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but from what I'm noticing is that their, their understanding of Islam is completely, completely either cultural Mm. Or it's just supposed to be something that's done as a ritual mm. That your prayer is something ritual um, Your reading of the Quran is just a ritual And outside of that ritual, it has no place in your daily life mm. right? and, 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 and because of that, there's, I mean, there's just a lot of confusion A lot of lack of understanding And um, uh, that's something that I noticed And that's something that I would say that all the teachers here noticed as well mm -hmm. uh, That was something that our teachers would mention And our mentors would mention as well that there's just a huge lack of literacy amongst the Muslim community. Hmm. And um, I would say this problem is not even just, you know, specific to our community here, but even globally across hmm. the Muslim Ummah, that one of the, the <coughs> greatest issues that they're facing is this just basic lack of understanding of what Islam actually is. So when you say what Islam actually is, mm -hmm. so me growing up, right, if someone asked me what Islam was, you know, I would give them the five pillars. Yeah. And after I became a little more knowledgeable, you know, give them some of the articles of faith. Yeah. And, you know, that was my peak probably throughout college. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's, I think, I'm speaking for the majority of people yeah. who went, you know, who, who lived the way, you know, going through school, growing up here, going to sun, having a Sunday school education. Yeah. So you're telling me there's more to Islam of course. than that. <laughs> Actually, even on those six pillars, let's talk about the six pillars of faith. Okay, someone's not Muslim. Yeah. 
unless you believe in these six things, which people I still, if you talk to someone on college campuses, probably don't understand that part, especially today in this weird climate of identify as X and YZ. Yeah. Um, so, so even with those six pillars, yeah, I, I would say like if you if you look at the Quran, right? Instead of talking about the six pillars, often it focuses more on three of those, yes, which would be belief in Allah, belief in prophethood, and the in the in the day of judgment. Yes. Mm. So if you were to focus on those initially and build up people's like conviction regarding that, I think that's a better starting point than throwing all six at them at once. Yeah. So you you're on campuses right now as a chaplain. Yeah. How are people doing on those? Just those three. Um, be actually, honest. I actually had a conversation with someone uh, recently. Okay. Um, a very good, very good kid, right? Well, like he has good adab, good manners, respectful, hmm. studious. Um, he, he seems to come from a good family. Yeah. But he was even struggling himself with, you know, I'm just having trouble wrapping my head around the concept of the day of judgment. Hmm. Interesting. Like, like the idea that people are going to get judged. Yeah, basically. Okay. <laughs> basically. No, because some people are like, oh, like um, they they might not necessarily believe in it or they still struggle with how am I going to come back to life that kind of thing yeah. so he just so, so not even just I think just the whole concept overall like mm. some of the events that are going to take place so before the day of judgment mm. I think he started off with like prefacing his statement by saying that you know I'm a really scientific person I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by science of course. so I'm having a I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around like I, I mentioned the word eschatology he'd never heard of it before yeah but so basically end of, end yeah, of times end of times so yeah. he's, he's basically saying I'm having a hard time um, understanding that Hmm. It's like I believe in Allah, I believe in the Quran. So I said, okay, that's good. That's a starting point. Let's let's work from there and, and, yeah. and build off of that. So with someone who's coming at you with that kind of thing, where do you start? Do you kind of go into? There's actually a philosophy of science, and what you believe in is actually not as concrete as you think. Or yeah. what, so, what do you? So I, I think it wasn't that deep. Break it wasn't even that deep. Down. It wasn't even that deep. from scratch. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't that deep. Oh, I think I think there there might have been some other underlying issues. Got it. But it, it was just like. He needed some like refocusing, so so he hmm. said, "Look, I believe in the Quran. I, I I know it's a miracle." So I just simply said that if, if you believe in the Quran and you believe it's a miracle, then one of the major topics and themes of the Quran is the Day of Judgment. Hmm. And if this revelation is coming from God, then obviously everything in it has to be true. Every hmm. page is Day of and Judgment. Then, and then he was like, "You know what? That makes so much sense." <laughs> to me, that's just crazy that because the, you know, if someone says I believe in science, that just seems like a very logical thing to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think maybe perhaps like he never thought of it in that way, Allahu a'lam. But it was, it was, it wasn't as difficult as a conversation as I thought it would be. I think a lot of it stems from growing up and learning exactly what you said in the beginning. Yeah. Your Islam's at home. You know, you do every, you do your Islam at home. It's in your heart. That's all it is. You go to school. You yeah. know, you just do what you need to do in school. You know. That, that that's a, that's actually one of the factors I mentioned as being like aiding to this crisis of knowledge mm. that especially like the immigrant community like our parents generation mm. their major focus was on education no. right that you have to go to the best um best colleges and universities mm-hmm. so all throughout middle school and high school the only thing they're focused on is your is your academics yes yeah. that you have to have straight a's yep. in high school you got to be in all the ap classes no. you do your extracurriculars you do well on your sats and you go to a four-year school Yep. If you don't go to a four-year school, you're going to be an embarrassment for our family and like the whole like you know yeah. lineage and everything like that. Yeah. And because there's so much focus and attention on that, there's a huge like like lack of resources towards Islamic studies. Mm-hmm. Like it's an afterthought. Yeah. So so maybe the most thing they'll focus on is okay, our child read the Quran cover to cover when they were young. Amin party. That Amin party, and we're good to go. Yeah. They read the Quran. That's it. They don't need to like engage with it anymore. None. That's yeah. a huge problem, right? There's there's huge like total total lack of understanding connection with the book of Allah I think even when you're learning about Islam in the context of being prioritized education it's always like okay you know you're gonna have a test did you study okay did you pray your two rakah? Yeah. you know and it's always like okay did you ask God for help on your test yeah. and it's that's that's your connection with God constantly if, if that even transactional yeah. Yeah. it's very transactional transactional yeah. and it's, it's that if that, that even. and if you don't yeah. if you don't pray to God those two rakahs, and you still get an A you're like well what's the point you know yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. so, 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 so it, was, it, was, it was just that or like the Sunday school, Saturday school. Yes. Right. So you're spending like the overwhelming majority of your time immersed in an environment no. that's training you how to think a certain way and feel a certain way and behave a certain way, which obviously is going to be completely contradictory to our morals and our mm-hmm. ethics and mm-hmm. values and things like that. And you get this dose of Islam on Sunday school for like one or two hours every week. Mm. So there's this huge like discrepancy. Right? Mm-hmm. There's this huge discrepancy. And that lack of priorities 
it's going to translate to the rest of your life. No. So people won't care about Islam. It's just going to be that ritual in their life. No. And that's a huge problem. And then when people get into college and they're exposed to like doubts, as soon as they hit that first doubt, they might like think of because the person you're talking the door. to has yes. so much conviction mm-hmm. in what they're saying. You're like, I don't even believe in my Islam. Yeah. The way this person's speaking to me about their belief. Yeah. So you, so in the seminary, we have these are students. Obviously, are showing they're saying I'm dedicated. Yeah. But even then, how would and be honest, like. These are students who obviously are saying, I want to put in the time, the money, the effort, mm-hmm. the, the commuting to come and learn from these teachers. Yeah. But they dedicate. how do you think they dedicate to IOK versus their college degree? So you see that discrepancy for sure. Yeah. Right. Because like their college degree has real practical outcomes to it. Right. They know that if I, if, I, yeah, if I do well in college, I'm going to get a job. Yes. If I do well in the seminary, it's good for my akhirah. But where's like the... Where's the material? Got to cash benefit? in on yeah. it. Yeah. Where's the material benefit to it? I was explaining to coworkers. They're like, "Oh, they're talking about studying." They're like, "When are you taking classes?" Like, "Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in law school." They're like, "A law school?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, Islamic law school." Like, "What are you gonna do with that?" I was like, "Nothing." <laughs> it's just like I'm, I'm an advocate on my behalf on the day of judgment. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you see that you see that for sure. Yeah. But again, it also depends on the student. There's some that are very dedicated and hardworking, but you definitely see that. Like the, the, the amount of commitment and dedication and just like being punctual and being professional and being on time, it's not the same. Not, not even quite. The kafir who could be worshipping a pig, you'll show up to his class. If it's class 730, you're going to be there 729 sharp. <laughs> yeah. But the you're Muslim, the mashallah, wadi of Allah, who, whose dua is always answered, yeah. Yeah, I'll come in. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I'll yeah. come every other day. It's every online, day. right? Yeah. Which actually brings me to another topic, this in-person versus online. So we have something called traveling imams, mashallah. They go, and this is a, a result of circumstances. Sometimes the message doesn't pay them enough, so they travel for work, etc. Mm-hmm. That aside, and different topic. People come. Someone comes in. Sheikh Omar Salman, Hafizullah. He comes. He gives them great talk. He droves thousands of people have showed up. Mm-hmm. The next day at your masjid, how many people show up? <laughs> a handful. A handful. Yeah. Is that where does that come from? What's what's going on there? Where's uh, their disconnect? Um, I'm not sure. Right, so 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 there is this. I mean, that's the culture we've kind of created for ourselves. I and think we adopted it. Yeah, we've adopted it from. This maybe is like celebrity the, culture, yeah. essentially. That's what it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, it has its place, right? Mm-hmm. This, I I feel like the celebrity imam, despite any of its faults and shortcomings, it has its place in terms that it might serve as motivation for others, and it might it might spark that flame in someone to actually start studying and start practicing more which no. is a good thing yeah right so if it's serving that purpose alhamdulillah mm-hmm. but i think there should be maybe a, a a stronger relationship between these celebrity imams and the local scholarship of wherever they're going mm-hmm. and and they keep that connection and they keep that 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 and and they try to work together and bringing up the community okay yeah. and i think that's something that maybe um with time it might develop because i don't think that that model sustainable as well no, definitely. Right. These, these guys are strained. Yeah. No one wants to travel that often. That exactly. For, for, for them, for their families. I, I mean, even for communities, I don't think communities are going to be willing to keep inviting people out, you know, and, and, and paying paying them and, and yeah. accommodating them. So I don't think it's sustainable. So people come in, they get to see Manhai, you know, they, they're supposed to go and learn at a masjid. And I think maybe one of the reasons why the, the conference talk is so much quote unquote better than your message talk is because I go to Sheikh Omar Man, whoever comes through town he gives me this talk that's motivating me I need to go I need to study and this then I go to study and well, what, what class he's am been, I he's been working on that talk yeah. every time he goes <laughs> yeah. so you're probably hearing the 10th iteration oh, for sure. of this and amazing this t- and, and it's been perfected and yeah, his yeah. team is sitting there yeah. gauging reaction yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no but then I, then I go to Sheikh Farhan's class and what is it it's Arabic 101 and you're like this is Marfur. This yeah. is Mansur. This is my <laughs> Yeah, it's like that. Uh, so people, I want to learn about glo- the beauty of Arabic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It gets glorified, I think. And all the times, like, oh, we have to study the Islam. Let's yeah. revive this. Look at the scholars yeah. of the past, what they used to do. But I, we're almost lying to ourselves when you say, like, studying Okem. It's not yeah. fun, except yeah. for like two percent of people, maybe. Yeah. Right? It's so, like so, there's certain things. So, so I think like the the, the deeper study of, of like the Arabic language and like getting into the deep. Uh, the intricacies of fiqh and mm-hmm. usul of fiqh that's only for a handful of people mm-hmm. right even in the quran it says uh, min, min kulli, uh, i forgot in, in surah tawbah um ta'ifatun, right ta'ifatun just a group of people mm-hmm. right so that that specialized group should exist right every community should have a handful of people that are dedicated to scholarship mm-hmm. and becoming scholars no. but for the average muslim 
I think the best thing is the masjid should have what like our teachers say they call it darsul Quran and darsul hadith. Yeah. That everyday practical lessons from the Quran, everyday practical lessons from hadith. And just like on a weekly basis. So you're building up the people slowly, slowly through the primary sources itself, through the Quran and through the hadith of the Prophet. And I think that's an effort for the average person. That's their weekly iman boost. That's their like connection to understanding the Quran better and actually getting a more holistic understanding of Islam. Hmm. Like they don't have to dedicate three, four hours a week to studying. Yeah. Right? Even if like it's half an hour in the masjid weekly, so be it. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, when you have people come up to you, I don't know if you've asked students you interact with, but how many people have read the Quran? Any language, I don't care what it is. Have very, any, very, very few. Who knows what's inside of this yeah. thing, right? Yeah, very like, few. Oh, it's a miracle. Uh, there's scientific things in there, I think, and yeah. something. You know, there's so many so, other so, topics. So they're, 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 that's part of like what, what, when I talk about like this, this crisis of knowledge, I think that's a huge factor behind it, is that, that, that people are completely disconnected from the Quran. Right? Again, with the Desi community, we do this ameen. Mm-hmm. Right? They've read it cover to cover. And there's this emphasis on just reading it. Yeah. But after they've read it cover to cover, they might read it again in Ramadan. Yep. But in terms of having read the Quran in, in a translation, has not been done. And translation is not enough. Of if course. a person reads the translation, they're going to be like, scratching their head. Like, what, <laughs> what's this book talking about? Yeah. And, and the, way, the way the Quran is structured in that, it's like, there's not, it's not topic by topic. It's like yeah. one verse is talking about divorce, and then all of a sudden it's talking about fasting. Yeah. It's like, what, what in the world's going on? Yeah. Right? So people need to learn how to like study the Quran. Hmm. And they need to like dedicate time to actually learning about the Quran first. Like how is it structured? What are the themes? What are the topics? And then sitting with the teacher and going through it. No. The same thing with hadith. That there's this like overexposure to hadith. Hadith a day. Hadith a day or even like, oh, I have a copy of Sahih Bukhari in home. I'm just going to sit and read it. Like that's not the purpose of the book. You're not supposed to sit and read something. You shouldn't have a copy of it, <laughs> right? It's like it's like a reference work for like for jurists, right? Yeah. You so, could have maybe the forty hadith of Imam Nawi. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. You could go over that one. Yeah. Have, have the forty hadith. Have Riyadh al-Salihin in your house. Riyadh al-Salihin. Have Targhib wa Targhib. Something that's yeah. like so things like that for the average Muslim, good to go. So let let's talk about practical things. Someone who is our age, maybe a little younger, right? In school, maybe thinking of getting married. They 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 might not know a lot, but they may realize something is off, mm-hmm. right? You know, they may have a feeling in their heart. Something's going on, like something just doesn't make sense. Where does this person start? Good. Okay, let let's because maybe you want to go to the Quran, mm-hmm. but maybe you don't. You want to tell someone to not go right away. Maybe they have so much garbage coming in with them, they might not even realize. And yeah. Let me add to that because this this, this is a whole topic we want to have with you. Is I okay? You guys had two very big weekend seminars just on worldview. Mm-hmm. Just on paradigms, ideologies, how you see the world and what's going on. And you mentioned it earlier. People go into K through 12, learning an ideology, unbeknownst to them. Yeah. And then they hear about Islam and, philo- and philosophy. Because they're like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Exactly. You're right. Sci- my scientific mind cannot comprehend X, Y, Z. So why did you guys have those seminars? And like, well, how does this so, so affect us? Yeah. For, for, the, for, for the practical, average, everyday Muslim that's in college, that's part of the reason why we made the part-time seminary. Right? Got it. What, what our focus is on, like, there are fundamental things that every Muslim should know, right? Fundamental things that every single Muslim should have an understanding of. So one of them we felt was an introduction to Quranic studies, yeah. right? That they should know how the Quran was revealed, how it was preserved, how it was compiled, and how it's structured. Like what are the major topics and themes in the Quran? Everyone should know at least that much. Okay. And that's like a good stepping stone to start studying the Quran. When it comes to hadith, the same thing. Got right? it. They should know what a hadith is. Um, they should know how it was compiled and preserved. They should know what some of the most famous books are. Terminology, maybe not. Like they, yeah. they heard these words, Sahih Laif, maybe introduced to them, but maybe having like that deep understanding not needed. Yeah, right? and, and, then, and then fiqh, everyone should know the fiqh of the daily life. Right? Okay. They're praying, they're fasting, they're zakah, they're hajj. Um, if they're involved in whatever business they're involved in. And they need to know the fiqh dealings. of whatever they're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right? In terms of aqidah, like not studying like full-on aqidah itself, but maybe just the articles of faith. Like Sheikh Joe's class that's going on right now. Yeah. Like it's just a nice overview. Of like these are the six articles of faith. And this is what we believe as Muslims. And this is our perspective on these things. And I think having that foundational level, every single Muslim should have that. Mm-hmm. Right? Every single person, regardless of their background, what they're studying, what they're yeah. doing in life, that's how much they should know. And how, how long does that take to study? Honestly. I, I would say if, if you're doing it full time, yeah. right? A year. Exactly. Yeah. I, I want to make that clear. Yeah. It's not that it's not, much. It's not long. <laughs> yeah. And it's not it's not like it's difficult. No, either. when you say full time, you're not talking forty hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> so just, just oh, yeah. to make that clear, yeah. Yeah. It's not gonna take you forty hours a week to get I mean, the, the <laughs> way the way we have it structured, it's it's basically it's twelve courses. 
right? 12, 10 week courses. So in these courses, are you going through unlearning what someone may have already came to class at, with? At, that, at that, that's kind of what I wanted to get into a little at, bit. At times. I think right. that I think the unlearning takes place more on like a on a on a personal level, right? When 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 they sit with a scholar and they discuss things with them, the, mm-hmm. a lot of that unlearning takes place then. In the class, they'll get like the Islamic perspective on it, but then like they'll have the Islamic perspective and they have maybe the perspective that they've been growing up with, and then they're gonna find that like clash. There's gonna they're, they're yeah. gonna have a clash. So when that clash happens, then they should come speak to someone who can help them unpackage that and kind okay. of pick that apart. Yeah. So that requires more time. The unwiring requires time. The, uh, yeah, and I feel like that's the biggest barrier mm-hmm. for someone. So, so the, av- the again, the average. Everyday, it's not accessibility. Yeah, the average everyday Muslim should have a relationship with their local scholar, right? There should be that relationship that hey, I have a person that I can go and ask questions to, mm. or I have a person that I can go just talk about issues that I'm dealing with. Got it. So that mentorship, that scholarship relationship, that imam of the community needs to be there. And to add to that, that actually takes a lot of uh, a lot of work on the person who's willing. To learn, mm-hmm. right? You gotta travel. Mm-hmm. You gotta look someone up. You gotta make the effort to uh, make an introduction. Yep. You it's, know, it's not it's not gonna come to you. It's not gonna come to it's you. And I think that's you. actually part of the part of the learning process, mm-hmm. right? That that just um, you know, you may do a little bit, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is gonna you know just make dua. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will right. bring someone to you. I mean, w- w- one of the profound things that had an effect on me early on was that one of the one of the persons that was encouraging me to go study, he was saying that if you look in the Quran, the only story about seeking knowledge. Is the story of Musa and Khadr. Yes, yeah. and Musa Ali Salam had to travel. had to travel. I actually know somebody. He he was kind of going through something, and he was making. He wanted to learn, but there was no one really close to him. Yeah. So he's making dua that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala would bring him a teacher. And there was a conference happening, or some something was happening, and then he got assigned to drive the sheikh. Yeah. And then the sheikh was like, "Oh, I don't have a hotel room," so the sheikh spent the night with him. Nice. And now he has the sheikh's number. Yeah. And now, you know, that's his that relationship me- is there. SubhanAllah. This guy didn't have to do anything. Yeah. He just put his hands up. Yeah. You know, so if you're sincere, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will makes makes a way out for you. Make make the way out for you. So yeah. you've mentioned it you know? multiple times now in passing, but you go to the Shaykh. How about this whole online learning thing? And I'll I'll me say uh, straight up as an What's wrong with learning? online? This is an online <laughs> podcast. <laughs> It's not. It's not legit. Like, I'll seriously. I wouldn't. If I was running IOK, I wouldn't give a degree to anyone who's online. Like, it's not legit. So, so the reason why we're doing the online yeah. is for the sake of convenience. Of course. That we we, we want to get, we want to benefit as many people as possible. Yes. So obviously, it's not ideal. Yeah. And there's 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 a big um, there's deficiencies in it. There's shortcomings in it. But as long as the students benefiting in some way, shape, or form, we're okay. Yeah. Oh no. There's definitely benefit. But what'd you say? So some student, both of them attend fully, and they both turn in. The guy online actually turns in better test scores. Uh. Who is actually a better student at the end of the day? Five years down the line, they it both de- went to class. It depends. Yeah. It, I think it depends on each student. So for example, we do have a student that's online. Yeah. And man, she's on point. Mashallah. Like she's online the whole time. She's engaged. She's answering oh, yeah. questions and everything. Yeah. Her work is excellent. But like. That's like a different breed of student that doesn't really exist. Yeah. Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills for you, you know, whatever yeah. means. Yeah. But so there's always more barakah when you sit in front of the... Of course. Yeah. The, the, I mean, like, like our teachers say that, that, that the knowledge is never passed on from like a medium, right? It's not from a book to, from, from a, book to a person. It's always person to person. Mm. No. And that's what... That is, that is our medium. Yeah. You learn yeah. about that in... Uh, yeah. uh, what's it called? Amusing yourself to death. Amusing yourself to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so we we all we always argue that our our medium of learning is from heart to heart, and that's why we have this whole system of asanid and these chains of of, of narrations and that connect us from teacher to teacher, all the way back to whatever we're studying. Yeah. And that's always been the way, and, and we feel that should always be the way. So even if it's online, there there might be that connection, but obviously being in person is way, way better. Yeah, way well. better. Yeah, and it's. And it's sad because you're seeing things kind of shift and people do like only online seminar, only this online. Yeah. It's like, but it's not. It's, it's not, not how the same. has been trying. And this is why we have these barriers. These Because yeah. I'm learning from you, but if I can't interact with you later on in person and talk to you about my life, yeah. first of all, you're not my, you're not my, you're not my teacher, I'm not your student. If yeah. we do not have a relationship. Yeah. Like it's just that, that, that teacher-student relationship has to be more than just instruction-based. Exactly. There's more. That's there, the Western thing. There's mm-hmm. a lot more you pick up. Yeah. In person. You you pick up the adab. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you get to see... The person who's giving you the knowledge, live it out, yeah. right? Because it's more than just, okay, when this X happens, do Y. Exactly. You know, it's not in, in and out. Islam is not an in and out. And th- that's why thing. there's all these famous statements of scholars in the past that learn learn from their other before you learn from their knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I think the famous story of Imam Malik, yeah. his, 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 his mother. Yeah. 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 
Like, that, that's always been part of our tradition. Like even there was like Imam Zaycheker was giving a lecture, right? It was recorded. Yeah. And uh, the the someone was sitting there, and I guess they they were feeling uncomfortable, and they didn't want to put their feet out because it it would have been in the face of the sheikh. Yeah. The sheikh took his blanket, gave it to the guy so he could put his feet out. Yeah. You wouldn't have gotten that if you were just, just listening. listening. Exactly. Right. You needed to be there and see that. Like wow. Yeah. So this sheikh, he's all this knowledge and he's humbling himself yeah. to the level of the. And that, that's part of like the holistic part of Islam that I was speaking about, like no. having a holistic understanding. It's not just like the it's not just the information. Yeah. Right? It's not just the studying of, of fiqh, but it's like it's like the fiqh along with the etiquettes and the morals and the adab and the values, like that whole package. Mm -hmm. And people, they're not exposed to that. No, the vast majority are not exposed to that. Yeah. So one one of our teachers, Sheikh Al Din Bakri, he when you go to his class, his halakha, he says you cannot record it. He yeah. says, if you record my class, it is for you. Yeah. It is not go online, like publicly. Yeah. Like if you share it with like a friend or something, fine. But he's like, this is not go YouTube. Yeah. Why? He's like, I'm teaching you. I'm not teaching anyone else. Yeah. I'm teaching you. The you audience know. that's in front of you. Exactly. And he's very big on that. Like yeah. this guy, if he wanted a big following online, he's had offers. People who have millions of Facebook followers. Yeah. They like talk to Sheikh, like we love your message, share it on our Facebook page. He says, I know, I don't want them. I want you. Yeah. Yeah. He's, focused, like, he's focused on the individual Which yeah. is such a big shift From what you see today Like yeah. oh I want as many likes And followers And subscribers yeah. And hit yeah. smash Success that like button Success is measured yeah. by reach yeah. Which so, is so, uh, Social media Yeah Changed That's the game. become the yeah. new That's the new uh, medium yeah. That's the new medium as, as a tool Obviously it has its pros yeah. But I think the cons of it Are, are, are much greater and, and, and building real relationships With people And building them up Is more important Than just like Your likes and your followers yeah. For sure so being vested in a community locally with with students that that you're taking along on that journey should be something that all 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 the imams and all the scholars are involved in. No. Like like uh, I mean Sheikh Nu'man has this thing that that you want no to man big. Yeah. Sheikh Nu'man big. Like so he's he's my mentor. Like he's my teacher. I've been studying with him since I was in ninth grade. Is he the what uh, he's, he, the, he's the founder of, of IOK. Okay. Um so so basically um in back in 97 um, Give us a little bit of the background. Yeah, so so for people who don't know, back in '97, he had just finished his Alimiya degree from Pakistan. Okay. So, so he came back, and I guess he came back into an environment in SoCal where there wasn't a culture of of studying and learning, and and there wasn't much opportunity for him in that. So he actually got into IT consulting. Okay. But as he was doing IT consulting, his mom was like, "Look, you went and studied abroad not to like earn money. You went to like serve the community." Allah, the mother, the Allah. mother, yeah. his mother. So his mother said, "Do something and teach." No. Nah. So he said, "Okay." He started this weekend program. So this weekend program was basically from Friday evenings till mm -hmm. Sunday morning. Okay. And it was just a bunch of middle school and high school kids. Okay. So one of my friends said, "Hey, you know, there's this cool sheikh. He has like a spoiler on his Camry." <laughs> He got some rims. Hey, I got a spell on the Corolla. He got some rims on it. He plays ball. Why don't you come check him out? I'm like, sure, why not? Whatever. And then I just got I got picked up into that. Okay. And and that that those were really like formative formative years. Yeah. So every single weekend in high school, instead of like hanging out and whatever, we're in this like someone's house that they donated or let us use. Mm. And from Friday evening till Sunday morning, we're studying Quran. We're we're memorizing. He's teaching us like basic fiqh. Okay. But more than that, he was spending time with us. Yeah. Right. He was hanging out with us. He was talking to us. He was like basically our mentor. Nah. So all throughout high school, we did that. So all those people that were part of that initial batch were still like friends till today. Alhamdulillah. And we're, he's still all of our, like we still go to him for everything. That and we, quite a few of you actually ended up going back overseas. Exactly. So he's the one that motivated us that, hey, you should pursue this and study more and come back and benefit the community. So you guys came back and the whole IOK thing started yeah. and now. Yeah. I mean that that, that was the that, that was, was the IOK. beginning of IOK. Yeah. That weekend program over time it evolved into what it is today. No. Yeah. So that that initial investment is what's needed. Right. Yeah. Investing in that and building those people and building the community. Conversation for another time for our generation who does yeah. nothing to contribute. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wanted to bring it back to another point you mentioned about have just the so we talked about knowledge, probably the respect for knowledge. We talked about it offline a bit. Yeah. We have some teachers. I mean, because of social media, I could put my opinion out there. It doesn't have to be right. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, it's not right. Yeah. But someone who could have studied for thirty years a subject, Islam, because yeah. he studied Islam, all of a sudden, some Joe Schmo, who was studied the first yesterday was the first day he opened up a book of yeah. fiqh, <laughs> and he decides my opinion is pretty important. Let me you know comment on the sheikh who studied fifty years and tell him why he's wrong. Yeah. Why is but if it was a doctor, engineer, architect, 
teacher, name any other profession, we would never open our mouth like that. Yeah. Why? Why is? Why don't we have revere for it like that? It's ghaira for your religion. religion. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's the I, good. Maybe that's the good part of yeah. it, right? I mean, I, I think it just has to do with the fact that 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 there, there's this whole call out culture in the first place. Yeah. And when it comes to like Islamic like authority, there's no structure behind it. Like we don't have a structured system of recognizing like who is like authoritative in their field. It's like anyone who studied or anyone who's famous is all of a sudden like yeah. the, that's the, the that is the criteria. Yeah. Like if you're famous and you're well spoken, that mashallah, you must be super knowledgeable. Yes, be yeah, <laughs> but there's there's like people that are like you know have no social media presence whatsoever, sitting in the corner of some masjid, that might be the most knowledgeable person, the most pious person in the world. You don't no. know them. Yeah, and and I think that's just it's just it just plays into this whole culture of social media and call out and like mm. toxic environment. I mean, it's it's, it's na- on Muslim social media is pretty nasty. As uh, Sheikh Jibril is like, he was teaching us the verb damaro yeah. to destroy. Like Allah and social, social media, media. <laughs> and so I'm like, you mean parts of it? He's like, no, kullu. <laughs> it's a problem, right? Yeah. Social social media, um, where where people have a platform that wouldn't have a platform in the first place, yeah. right? And they're not maybe some of these people they don't even have communities, they're just online completely, and they're able to like you know, convey their ideas to thousands of people no. that they wouldn't have access to otherwise. And you have pockets of people maybe in places yeah, and that are impressed by them or impressed by what yeah, you get them you do this i totally agree with you may allah guide you and yeah. it's we got your back yeah i mean yeah that that is uh it's, well, it's, that's it's another crisis yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> but that, that might be part of the part of the crisis of knowledge where people aren't have not studied in a in a, in a methodical way in a structured yeah. manner and because they haven't studied in a structured manner in like a comprehensive way they feel that whatever they studied is right and whatever someone else is saying is completely wrong and and i'm yeah one of the things is you know the, the certain people they'll they'll come out and they will be you know they'll they'll criticize someone saying you know you are you are uh, uh you're talking about islam from the western ideological perspective perspective right. right but at the same time they're criticizing them using western methods yeah right that's you know and it's like well there's some cognitive dissonance there yeah there's a little there's something going there's on some here you know they like never gotten programmed to yeah. Start, yeah. Uh, yeah you maybe you, you yourself are not fully unprogrammed yeah you know what i mean so let's yeah. take a step back yeah. maybe maybe you're right but this this is not this is not the way to go about yeah. it and I, I think this whole I, I think this whole topic of like ikhtilaf needs to be um manners of disagreement yeah, yeah. like like how ha- ha- how did like the ethics of disagreement yeah right it needs to be revisited yeah and 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 people feel that like i mean there, there's there's one like there, there's two extremes right there's one extreme that's saying that everything has to be like you have to be adab 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 card like the least amount of criticism is taken as a lack of adab mm. <laughs> right? and then you have the other opposite extreme which is like you know haq is haq and we're gonna <laughs> blast you no matter what it has to be revisited like okay we, we can disagree till we're red in the face i can completely disagree with your idea but at the end of the day, I'm not going to blast you as an individual. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to throw you under the bus. I'm not going to call you like a tool for whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. But we're going to discuss ideas. Yeah. And I think social media is not the platform for that. That's, they all discuss names, never, yeah. never an idea. Yeah. And yeah. I think this really ties into someone or, or into issues that I'm sure you, you, may, you may have encountered students, right? All of a sudden, they, they gain a little bit of knowledge. I'm learning Islam. I'm doing it right. And the first thing they do is they go home. Mm-hmm. And uh, what uh, what is everyone doing wrong? Yeah. Right? So that's yeah. uh, uh, a little bit that you have yeah. to manage there too. So, so there's the, the students that become overzealous. Yeah. And, and, and we, our, our teachers had the saying that if your study of Islam is causing you to create rifts in your family and your friends, you're studying it wrong. Mm. Right? Your study should, should have a positive influence on everyone around you. And, and your amr bil ma'roof and nahi al munkar shouldn't be the first thing you're like out there and doing like yeah haram, haram, you're wrong yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. If, if that's if that's your perspective on studying you're studying wrong your study should be something that is building your relationships not causing them to go further apart okay so what's the end result of knowledge what i learned all this stuff what what should be my end result the end result of knowledge is amal, is acting upon it right is is act is acting upon it so that you can be refine yourself and build your connection with allah that should be the ultimate goal and the ultimate intention. And if benefit comes from that, so be it. Right. And that's what that's I mean, at least our system of study highly, highly emphasize that. 
that when we're studying in the madrasa, they always emphasize that you're not studying to go become a teacher. You're not studying to be- go become a sheikh. You're studying for yourself. That you are going to work on yourself. You're going to refine yourself. You're going to build your connection with Allah. And if Allah wants to use you for his deen, he will. He doesn't need you. Yeah. But if he wants to use you, he'll use you. So that, that was the perspective that they really instilled within the students. And I think that's a very positive message to give. That we're not focused outwardly, we're focused inwardly. That's, this is probably the opposite of MSA, to be quite <laughs> frank. Because we learn a yeah. little bit in MSA and we think, I got to lead it. Mm-hmm. I got to bring these people to the, to the light. I'm like, the even, chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, like I had a teacher. Yeah. I was taught, he, we were, it was after post-graduation. I'm talking, I was like, yeah, Sheikh, like I'm engineering, but like, I want to do something else. Or I don't know what I want to do. He said like, okay, when you're like, what do you like? I said, oh, I like teaching. I did a little teaching in college and this and that. He goes, let me tell you a story. He said, when I was your age, I was on top of the world. I was, I was learning Islam. I had great connections. It's, I was healthy, young, so I went to a teacher. He gave this talk. I was like, this is the best talk I've ever heard. I have to study with him. Yeah. So I went to the teacher. I said, yeah, Sheikh, I want to be your student. So the Sheikh says, why? Because I'm on top of my game. This, I want to spread Islam to the ends of the world. I said, if that's the case, get out of my face. The last thing I'm going to do is teach, graduate, and pass on a munafiq. <laughs> oh, he's man. like, man, munafiq. That was harsh. So, yeah, he's like, I thought I just had everything right. I said, like, Sheikh, why? He said, because you are like everyone else. And everyone else is just like you. Everyone thinks the problems with everyone around them and not, not themselves. themselves. Yeah, yeah. So eventually, he ended up studying with him. He told me, if next time I talk to you, say you want to be a teacher, I never want to talk to you again. Yeah. I was like, man. <laughs> so so, so our, our traditional madrasa systems, like part of their uh, fancy, like part of their pedagogy, yeah. is to really instill this within the student. Like this whole this whole sense of like humility, no. and like you are studying for yourself and not for anyone else. Same as statement of mathematics, right? And and, 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 and our, our teachers would say that like although when you graduate, they, they give you something called a shahadatul alimiyah, right? It's like a shahada that you're a certified alim, but our teachers would say that it doesn't mean anything. He <laughs> says all it means is that you have the the tools mm. that if you continue studying, that perhaps you might become an alim someday, yeah. maybe. And they're very strict on this. So, so getting even, the weekend, uh, the weekend ijazas, yeah, <laughs> because you read, like you read Imam Nawawi, like the Sheikh read it to you, so you got an ijazah that you listen to it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> and now you're qualified to like teach and you're alama. No, you're qualified to listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they have this, they have this um, that I studied at. They have yeah. an iftah program. Mm-hmm. So the iftah program basically trains you to be a mufti and and, and answer questions. Okay. Properly. Yeah. Right. Going back to the texts and the sources and how to cite them and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's a three-year program. Okay. But after the three-year program, they say, okay, like we're not going to give you the title of a mufti, right? You've graduated, but if you continue to answer fatawa for ten years under the tutelage of someone who's qualified, then maybe you can give give the title of mufti. Wow. So even on campus, no one has the title of mufti except for two people, <laughs> like officially. Subhanallah. No, just like, the Mufti Abu came out of that program. Though. He, did. <laughs> he did, right? So, so interestingly, when I was doing my tahfid, when yeah. I was memorizing Quran, I went to Pakistan. Yeah. And I was in Jamia Binuria. He was there at the same time. Okay. And he was in his fourth year of the Anim program. MashaAllah. So it was, he was not the same person he is today. SubhanAllah. But he, he was, I will give him this, he was a very hardworking student. MashaAllah. Like yeah. He was known to be like very studious and he was well read. Sure. And he was he was intelligent. Yeah, we'll make it easy on <laughs> us. Yeah, that's, that's, but I, the rigor you, you're describing the rigor of these programs. Honestly, when you talked about the whole eight year program, I was thinking like, man, if that was how my college education was, I would have flunked out. Like it's, <laughs> it's so intense, and yeah. people don't understand that. I, I think a lot of times people like um, th- there there is this I don't want to say phenomenon, but there's this trend where sometimes people say that you know what I don't want to pursue like a regular profession, and I want to go into Islamic studies as a cop out. Like they think it's going to be easy, yeah. But they don't realize that studying Dean is way more difficult than your college studies. Well, that's how it works in most uh, con- most of our countries back home. Yeah. The lower the score you get, the more likely you're going to end up at Islamic exactly. school. That's exactly. If you want to be an engineer, that's, you better a, get the that's good That's a colonial grade. thing, exactly. though. That's, that's a, not yeah. how it used to be. Like, yeah. like yeah, like that's a colonial thing. My, my, my real co- post-colonial. My college career here at UCI was like, in terms of like difficulty, mm-hmm. was not hard at all, <laughs> like at all, like. Yeah. What did you I study? Think, I think high school was easier than college. If you don't mind me asking. Um, I, I studied biology. <laughs> oh, that's, that's hard. Yeah. I don't like biology. I mean, <laughs> I'm really bad at biology. <laughs> but, I mean, my, my, my college career was actually easier than high school. Subhanallah. Right? Um, really? But, yeah. Just because, I mean... Did you go to amazing high school? Uh, I mean, 
I took every AP class possible. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm okay. with you. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so college was a lot easier than high school was, but like the madrasa system was even harder. And, than and, and any Sharia program, if you're dedicated and you're serious about it, it's way more difficult. Just in terms of the material you have to cover, mm. like just to, just to like build proficiency in the Arabic language, it's not easy. Yeah. Right. And then once you get that proficiency in the Arabic language, to like read through tafasir and these books of fiqh and things like that, it's it's it's, it's a it's a process. Honestly, just, just reading Arabic, that skill alone, if someone can do that, I'm like, man, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> you're, that's so impressive. If you can speak it, that's another. <laughs> and there, there, there was this, um, I, I don't remember exactly historically when, but there was this era when uh, the authors would write their books on purpose in a difficult way. Yeah, yeah I heard about that. Where you have to unpack every single word. Yeah. They in the beginning it would be really hard. So it's like, ah, if this was the intro, like, yeah. ah, forget this. So, so, so they, they would write like that on purpose. I guess just sh- showcase their skills and whatever it was, and so that the the text might be really brief, yeah. but the commentary on it's like expensive. volumes of commentary yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah. So 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 there's this there's this book in Hanafi fiqh called Kanzu Daqaiq, right? The text itself is like one skinny volume, mm. but the commentary on it is like twelve volumes long. Subhanallah. So the, the, just studying that and like unpacking that, it's okay. it's, it's skill. It's, it requires a skill, which is really I mean that's that's the way you develop that skill. And I'm just saying that that Islamic studies. It's not a joke. Right? It is It is challenging. It requires a lot of hard work. It requires effort. And it's not just your physical effort like you were mentioning. There, there's that spiritual component to it, big time. Yeah. That, that, that if, if, if you aren't sincere and you're not like practicing what you're studying, it will never come to you. Like wow. you might have the surface level stuff, but you'll never understand really what you're studying. That, that, that's all the, the secular Islam that you learn. Like if you go to college and get a PhD in Islamic studies, yep. you didn't really learn Islam. Yeah. You know, you got information. You got information. Huh? Yeah. yeah, but Islam, Islam is huh? and you know, yeah. like the, the the famous statement of Imam Shafi'i, al ilm nur, like knowledge is a light. Yeah, and that light can only come if you're connected with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. It doesn't come from just pages of a book. The, the, yeah, the, in our school, one of the clubs they brought this like Islamophobe speaker. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? Robert Spencer. Oh, Mr. Robert Spencer, right? Mr. Spencer. And he was out there quoting. Uh, uh, you know, Quranic verses better than all the Muslims in the room. Like, yeah. half the community showed up. We're going to show up. We're going to take up the seats. Right? It was yeah. very stupid. Everyone was left <laughs> upset. But he was like, this verse is this, this verse is that. And everyone's standing there like, I don't even know what he's talking about. Uh, like, I've never read that verse before. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, what, the Quran what? said that. So, yeah. I, I'm on his side now, you know? <laughs> I've never read the Quran. So, and, yeah. Subhanallah, right? Someone asked him at the end, like, what's your favorite verse? And he goes, uh, uh, the verse of the chair, you know, Ayatul Kursi. Ayatul Kursi. And they're like, oh, can you read it for us? It was like a non Muslim. He couldn't find it. He couldn't. He didn't remember the verse at all because yeah. he's he, named every bad verse he can think yeah. of, or quote unquote bad verse. Yeah. Right? He's like, like, what is it in uh, your heart? You know, <laughs> the most beautiful verse in the Quran. You couldn't even find it. Yeah. Yeah. A, a Muslim person had to had tell to tell him, him tell him where it was. Him, yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah, he just has information. Yeah. That that's a great example. And most right most teachers, if you go to university, I don't think Muslims are aware of this. Like a lot of them, PhD people, like minus who, like Jonathan Brown, like. They're there's, not practicing. There's a handful of practicing Muslims in academia. Yeah. Beyond that. And usually they converted after. Yeah. It wasn't because if you convert early, too early, they're not going to let you through. Yeah. yeah. So that, that, is an, that is another issue where, where people like go into the Islamic studies programs thinking they're going to learn Islam. You're not going to learn Islam. You're going to learn how to deconstruct Islam. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to come out like... Maybe a hadith. Yeah. They tell you. Sahih. The most Sahih. That must mean they made it up even more. Yeah. And they'll give you their reasons. You're like, wow. Yeah. How do you... How do you if you've this? ever been exposed before, you'll, you'll be convinced. Because yeah. it's pa- it's packaged in such an academic way with like you know like super like you know academic and cri- critical and you'll be convinced and that's why this whole you're in an institution that's telling and it's like wow they yeah. built all of this on this methodology and, this must and, be and right. this professor is supposed to be the expert in the subject yeah right and that's why yeah. having that base level of literacy in Islam is so important I, I would say anyone that's going into like Islamic studies academia has to have a background yeah. if they don't have a background in Islamic studies or just Sunday school background. Yeah. No, no, y- no. Your no. whole your whole core <laughs> is going to be shaken. Yeah. Completely. Either yeah. you're going to come out like super confused or you're going to come out with super doubts or something's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and you do see that now people putting out articles why it's okay to not love the prophet. Yeah. And it's then like, uh, this lady has teachers mm-hmm. who are PhDs in Islam yeah. saying her work is amazing. Yeah. And it's just... It's shocking. Yeah. It's shocking. Yeah. And, and you know, she makes good arguments. <laughs> <laughs> So that that's I mean, they're able to present their their thoughts in like a coherent way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, they, and it, it sounds like very intelligent, 
an academic. Well, especially if you're grown up in the paradigm oh, yeah. and someone's yeah. speaking to you in their paradigm, you're like, yeah. yeah, well, based on how I grew up K through 12, this yeah. makes complete sense complete to sense. me. Yeah. 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 And then you, we were talking about like the Quran and this, and you mentioned the Quranic literacy being a huge issue. I was when I was in college. I was in a Bible study for a couple of years. Just I had roommates, and they would invite that, me. That's, in. that's a story for another time. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We should clear it up now. We don't. <laughs> so why were you? Why were you? Why were you in Bible study? I wanted to see what they had. Like I was so curious. I, I, no, I was grounded at this point, right? But I was yeah. like, okay, my man was grounded, not knowledge-wise, but like I knew. Well, you knew you almost, yeah, yeah so they can't. You couldn't convince me. But I was like, what are you guys' arguments, right? I want to know, like, why are you Christian? What brings, what's the, what's the, what's what's this miracle that brings you in? And they're, but okay, so for the record, (laughs) they are so literate with their Bible. Incredibly. Highlighted notes. These guys, they'd be like, they're talking about prophet. What's a prophet? I mean, the the fact that they're even questioning that is an issue, right? But like, oh, well, in Acts 2, verse number, and these are onion thin pages, pages thousands and yeah. they're like yeah oh sh- sh- yeah here's a verse on it i was like yeah. what yeah. it's like oh how about the one in revelation 670 like are you kidding me right yeah. now yeah. and they're back and f- <laughs> and you know when the bible study was what time was it 7 a.m wow on a wednesday and you they, know who showed up people everybody there. yeah people would be there yeah. all there you know, you know those those people in college we had a few they actually amazed me they're i was incredible. impressed by them i yeah. was like well, these people are in college at least they're connected to some like divine, yeah. at least belief in a divine. Yeah, yeah. honestly. And, if they were Muslim, I'd be like, come on and, in, and, number and, and one. Th- those might be like good groups to, I don't know if it's a target, but good groups to have dialogues with. Yeah. It gives them some dawah. Because if they already believe in a divine being, they, they've already taken that first step. Yeah. They, yeah. they don't know how to that, talk to us, to be honest, because they're like, uh, you already believe in God. Most of our arguments are why God exists. Yeah. So like, and you believe in Jesus? Like, mm. <laughs> so, it, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually joined the Bible study at work. Just ah, see, look at that. before, yeah, yeah, I was like, let's see what cool. these guys are up to. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think they were as articulate with their Bible, but um, the main thing was their love and compassion for Asa, yeah. you know, so, Jesus. Yeah. You know, that's uh, so, so this, all it was. It was this, love of Jesus. This, that's all it was. This culture of Bible study, yeah. if you can bring that culture of Quran study into the MSUs and the MSAs and like just like even working professionals. Yeah. That'll make a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, you know what? Weekly, we have a Quranic study circle. Yeah. We're gonna sit. We're gonna read verses together. We're gonna read the commentary, and we're gonna discuss. Yeah. We, we can't just say whatever I feel like the verse means, though, Shay. <laughs> well, that's 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 where that's what Bible study went. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you tell me what it means. Like, you tell me what it. What means. do you guys feel like this verse means? I'm like, uh. I, I feel, <laughs> and that's so it's the extreme, right? Uh, yeah. But I mean, if we had a Quran study when Friday night, who's, uh, who's no showing, showing up? Showing yeah. up no one's showing up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's so sad. Like, I, I, I've, I've been doing. Like, yeah, you have a tafsir. I, I do a Quranic tafsir class every Wednesday, yeah. and I've been doing this basically since 2011, and it's uh-huh. it's the same group of people that comes. How old are they, Shay? They're all. Well, they're older now. No, they're all elderly. <laughs> Oh, and that's my point. Yeah. The vast majority yeah, yeah, yeah. of people. There, there's a there's a handful of young guys that come. That that's mashallah, good. they're dedicated. But the vast majority are like the uncles that come every day to the masjid. Yeah. The the young yeah. professionals and, and those things are like, oh, mm-hmm. this is not like intellectual enough. This is not like stimulating yeah, enough. It's, it's not like as uh, it's not Joe Rogan. It's not exciting. It's not, it's not, yeah, it's yeah. not exciting. controversy. Yeah. They like, want they want ideology. They want big ideas. They want they want entertainment. They want it's entertainment. Edutainment. Edutainment. Yeah. Edutainment. But even it, like edutainment aside. Okay, I understand the importance of like having good delivery yeah. and keeping the audience engaged and stuff like that. But at some point, that can only take you so far. There has to be a sense of like, you know what? I'm just going to be dedicated to learning, regardless no. of my teachers, like an eloquent speaker or not. I mean, we had some teachers. Oof. <laughs> just dry? Completely dry. But there were some of the best teachers. Like in terms of the material, yeah. they had it mastered. Yeah. I had this one teacher for Arabic grammar. Oh, Lord. He was mean. <laughs> like he was mean Uh-oh. and he was dry and he was very strict and he would like he would say the most interesting things <laughs> like like if you made a mistake in grammar he'd be like and a kafir I was like like what he's like lughatan lughatan just a mean mug yeah, so that. you're not a muslim <laughs> <laughs> but but like in terms of like teaching the material at the end of the class, everyone knew it, like in and out. Subhanallah. Yeah. That so, barakah is in there. <laughs> I think you know, so you're like, oh, edutainment, this and that. But no one expects that from the other education. When I, I go know. to college, no one's like, eh, this professor's not fun. So I dropped his class. And I dropped every class of a professor who's not fun. Therefore, Never see that. 
Exactly. I got to learn the material. I got to use it. Yeah. I'm just gonna get. Th- I'm just gonna get through it. Who cares? I'm just gonna grind for a bit, learn it, and I'll move on. Uh, no one says that about anything Islamic. It's yeah. not fun. Eh, I'll come but, back to the next teacher. Yeah. I mean, even the. I feel like in American, the American workplace now is judged by how much fun you can have in the workplace. That's kind of true. Yeah. yeah right. Like you know, the biggest tech companies. It's like oh, they have all the massage chair. They got games. They got all this stuff, and it's like it's gonna be an amazing. It has to be like the Facebook, Google office. Exactly. You know, even the poorest little engineering office, like we have snacks. You know? <laughs> we got the mini fridge. We got peanuts. You yeah. know, yeah. it's fun. Yeah. So I, I think I think there has to be something where we change this culture. Yeah. No. And 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 part of it is that that people are so disconnected from the masjid, anyways. And I don't know what it is in SoCal, but in SoCal, people don't come to the mosque. Like if you go to Fajr prayer and if you go to Isha prayer, the overwhelming majority is in there. 40s and 40s, 50s or, or beyond yeah yeah the college students are not there the young working the high school students are definitely not there and the young professionals aren't there which is a huge problem i don't know where this disconnect is coming from but people don't come to the mosque we need a third space we need a fourth yeah. space fourth dimension fourth space. space even the third spaces like yeah. they're not going to get filled like they might have like a weekly program yep and you get your spiritual uplifting yep. but what about the rest of the week and where's like the structured learning going on where's like this you know this development mm. in your and your character and your understanding of Islam is not there. And, and I, don't, I don't know what has to be done, but there has to be some sort of movement of bringing people back to the mosque. Remosque. Right? Remosque. Oh, because we've been unmosked. Yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> the effort that did that, at least historically, was the Tablighi Jawad. Allah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the TJs, that's what their whole effort was. Just to bring people to the masjid. Like my dad started praying because of them. So no right? He came back to the mosque through them. Wow. So they, they had this effect in the early, I would say like the 70s and the 80s. Now they're like, um, <laughs> that's a whole other story. But, but they had that effect. So if there's like a 2.0 version that we can come yeah. up with, that's like appealing to people to bring them back to the masjid, we have to do something. Mm. Mm. And I don't know what it is. I mean, yeah, in, I, it's, in our college town, slow, we go to Fajir. Yeah. Guess how many people, not our, not us, how many people are there? Even the old guys. Like four or five. Three. Uh, <laughs> one of them passed away. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It, no, two. seriously. One of the person, one of the guys died. Now there's 25 people, 25% less people going to, the, to for Fajr. They would That's, have, when we would go, like, oh, Arabs, you lead us. Yeah. And let me tell you right now, looking back, I was like, my Tajweed was not accepted. I know. <laughs> it was not acceptable. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, mean, I, I honestly don't know what it is. It, it, I mean, there's probably several factors to it, yeah. but there has to be some way where we get bring people back to the masjid. It's people. If you truly believe there's a benefit that you're going to the masjid, you're going to make an effort to go. Exactly. You know, if some if some person has a seminar on improving your like, I know this is a very controversial figure in the Muslim community. Look at someone like Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. right? This guy is what sixty seven years old, and he'll fill auditorium. an auditorium up of people my age that are atheists to talk about biblical stories. Yeah. How the hell do you do that? Yeah. Right. Like that is. You, you would not dream of doing this. Yeah. Right? It's crazy. And he's speaking at such a high level. He's not having fun. He's, he's serious. Yeah. He is serious in his delivery. Yeah. And people love it. Love it. Huh? So what is he tapping into? Because our, the Islamic tools are the best tools. Mm-hmm. Islam is the best ideology, the best religion, the best whatever you want. So wh- where, where is the disconnect, right? Where is... I think is it eschatology? Is that as is it just the end of times? Is that what we're dealing with? Or I, I think there's just so many factors, and part of it is like just like the the, the lack of importance given to religion. Period. Mm. Like people think, oh, I pray at home, I'm done, I'm fine, no worries, and like the whole like concept of individualism and like individual society. I'm focused on myself and my family, and that's what's most important. I don't care about the community. No. So that has a that has a huge effect. Okay. Um, people in SoCal are busy. Right, life is life is busy. They 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 got to go to work. They're in traffic. They're, by the time they come home, they're tired. Right, so yeah. they, they don't see they don't see the value in coming to the masjid. And I think part of that's because most of the masajid don't have imams. The overwhelming of masajid in SoCal do not have imams or anyone that's leading the community that's like qualified. Yeah. So that that probably is a huge factor as well. If 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 each masjid had like a figure, as it's like leading it, like a, a proper qualified scholar who was trained who was leading that community, I think would make a difference because they'd be able to build those connections and bring people in and they would keep people that are coming to the masjid coming. So I think that has a huge effect. Yeah. It might just be a bubble too. I don't, our generation, this whole individual society has been pushed, pushed, pushed. Yeah. It's going to reach a 
tipping point where everyone's like, you know what? This is obviously not working. Yeah. Like this, my life is miserable, and everyone's gonna come together at the same moment and say, I need a community, yeah. and just start showing up to the message. So I, I know people that are very dedicated to their faith. They're dedicated. They're serious, but they still don't come to the masjid mm. just because they're so focused on family and my yeah. kids, and I gotta spend time with them. And you know, my concern is this nuclear family and no, no one else. And the nuclear family is not the ideal family. No, <laughs> it's the most ideal you can get maybe nowadays, yeah. but it's not. I mean, our our faith is community based. Yes, like we are a community based religion where we like come together. That everything has yeah. a communal aspect to it. Yeah. yeah, right. And and I think that 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 breakdown of community. Is something we're seeing right now and we're feeling as Subhanallah. well. It's exactly what you said. Majority of the acts that the Muslims are supposed to do, it's supposed to be in community. Mm-hmm. Right? Praying, breaking your fast, going on hajj. Learning. The one thing that's recommended that you do by yourself is qiyam and tahajjud. Yeah. And that is the one thing that we do, pub- that we do publicly <laughs> together. Every, and, and, and it brings everyone out. And it brings everyone out. So what is going on? <laughs> we'll miss Isha prayer, but I'll make that the raka for I miss Isha, but yeah, I, I made tahajjud, bro. I, I, I was at qiyam. Yeah. <laughs> All night at Garden Grove. And I miss Fajr, but it's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, so I think, I think it, it, it takes like, we need like a critical mass of people yeah. like yourselves that get involved in the masjid community. And you need a community figure. You need a scholar, an imam that's willing to invest time in that. And and just because of the way our, our masajid are structured and so many factors, whether it's the pay, whether it's the respect, people don't want to do that. Like the overwhelming majority of, of from my generation that, that graduated and studied abroad with me yeah. are not in positions of being imams because mm-hmm. they choose not to. Yeah, and it's you don't want to be in that position. Yeah. You're asked to be a superhero. That's, yeah. it's, it's a very ridiculously difficult job. Yeah, yeah. You can't do it. It's not a one-man job. It's, it's not a team. It's, it's a, a team. It's not job. a one-man job, and obviously the pay is not going to be not enough for Zoka. Yeah, I think that. I I saw a, like a list of qualifications. They were, you know, they were given an it's imam, and then the pay, and it's like you wouldn't. You're you're an engineer. You don't. You would not take uh, this job yeah. in the in the in the reverse world. You know, yeah. and this guy studied longer than you've been in engineering school. And, so and, that's, and, and you speak to some of the uncles that are running the masajid, and they're like, they're like, what? They should do it there. Where's the sincerity? Yeah, <laughs> I was like. I was like, what? You know, you're right. You have an extra apartment. He's living there for free. Show me the sincerity. You know, that's... Yeah. It's it's not... Uh, there's I, there's a few masajid in SoCal. I just want to give whoever the listen, the listen whoever's listening credit where credit is due. Like Masjid Hawthorne. I don't know if anyone's ever oh, yeah, been they're, there. They're, they're, Mashallah. Whatever they're doing uh, over there, Allahu Akbar. You know? Every day after uh, a Fajr prayer, they have... They read uh, Juz. Yeah. They have the halaqa. They have the halaqa. Yeah. Every night of Ramadan, they had uh, reminders. Uh, yeah, they did it. But then after Taraweeh, they had Qiyam, mm-hmm. Qiyam al-Lil. Um, every night. And the person who's leading it is like a dentist. Yeah. And he's a hafid. Uh, and he leads them. And then he goes to work and then he comes back and do it again. Uh, Allahu Akbar. Dedicated. Dedicated. Yeah. You know? They yeah. transform that neighborhood. Yeah. That, like, it's in Hawthorne. You know, Hawthorne is not H-Town. You know, it's yeah. not the best place. Uh, and I think the the police like, oh, you know, crime's gone down in this area. What's going on? You know, alham baraka, baraka. That's like a grassroots community. That's like, a grassroots community yeah. through and through. Yeah. And they do, you know, they do, they do like their, their yearly camp. They got the school. They got it. They got yeah. it figured out. Alham, I used to live near there. You know, best best uh, years yeah. of my life over there. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Uh, they they really just focused more on the the person. They focused on the Islam rather than the. They didn't focus too much on the aesthetic. Yeah. You know uh, what I mean? And that's, that's uh, yeah. That's important. Yeah, it's focus on Allah. Yeah. Sure. So as some as we come to the end of these things, practical. You mentioned, okay, we need to talk about we need more Quran studies, hadith studies, but so let's a lot of people might be in MSAs, still in college, or maybe just very young professionals. What can they do? They're not qualified, right? They uh, barely know their fiqh of anything. What can I do to get started personally and then as a community? So, so for, for again, that, that, that's part of the reason why we actually came up with this chaplaincy initiative. Okay. Right? To have chaplains on campus as a resource for the students to learn these things. Mm. That, look, you have your structure, you have your organization, you run it, but we are there to provide you resources. If you want scholarly help, if you want classes, if you want to learn, we're there for you. And I think that's that, that, that connection between these like campus communities and the masajid need to be there. And we're trying to fill that vacuum. Mm-hmm. So we are there like saying that, okay, you know, you guys are doing excellent work. You guys have programs. You guys bring people together for prayer. Let's add an extra component of learning. Mm-hmm. Let's make this something where through your college career, you're actually getting uh, more connected to your faith, not just in terms of like community-wise, but actually learning. 
So I think having that, that again, that this, this, I mean, take a step back. I think for North America, we should have a structured curriculum of learning for young adults that every single young adult needs to know this much information about Islam. And we are there to provide the education to you. CIU kind of does something similar like similar, that, to be honest. Similar, yeah, they're yeah. California Islamic University. Yeah. yeah. And so Dr. Shadi on the East Coast is working Dr. on his own. East Coast, yeah. He's working on his thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do with the part-time seminary. Yeah. All these these booklets that mashallah you're helping with oh, yeah, editing. That's, yeah, yeah. that's part of the that's yeah. part of the, that, that's the vision behind it. Yeah. That this will be like a curriculum for the everyday Muslim. Mm-hmm. 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 That this is what you need to know and that's I mean, yeah, get through this. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a year of your life or yeah. then the rules of uh, worship, the rules of uh, dealings and basic beliefs. Basic beliefs. And then just uh, a little in, bit in, of in, in, in enough, theology. In, enough to make you like um, grounded so that whatever you're doing, you're doing it with like an Islamic perspective. Yeah. So someone says something stupid, you know how to call it. Maybe, out. yeah. Uh, that's not right. Uh, you may not know how to argue against it. Uh, something's, something's off. Something's uh, off here. You I know? mean, like, whatever. Like, obviously, we're going to have all people, all different types of walks of life. Yeah. yeah. As long as they're grounded in their Islam, we're good. Hmm. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. That's good. Alhamdulillah, Sheikh, we don't want to hold you too long. Alhamdulillah. This was nice. This is my first time on a podcast. Allah. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> this is cool. Anytime, man. Our only, our third time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. <laughs> well, Jazakallah Khair, Sheikh, for uh, coming out here and, and joining us for Thank today's show. May Allah, um, may Allah bless both of you. And may Allah put barakah in this and make it into a benefit. Please make dua for us that our intentions stay uh, uh, stay in the right place. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Okay, this is uh, Amr Mabruk with the Prophetic Mentality Podcast, and we're signing off. Assalamu alaikum.